And we're going to talk tonight about an important subject that we don't talk a lot about, but we need to. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and one of the things that we all need to be doing. The title tonight is Spiritual Leading and Discernment. It is time to step up because God is moving on the face of the earth. And if you're not careful, your mind can expand to all of the news that's out there, all of the things that are going on, all of the negativity. Uh, sensationalism seems to travel faster than, uh, than great, powerful, positive things. And uh, if you look at any of the news media, and I'm a news junkie, I love news, uh, whatever is sensational is what hits the headlines. Whatever is sensational hits the little ticker across there. Uh, you'll never see that so-and-so blessed their neighbor and it was an awesome thing. It will be something that is sensational, usually of a negative vein. But we are living in a world that has been conquered by Jesus. We are living in a world where we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit to excel at everything that God has called us to do. We are living in a world where we have been restored to the original intent in the Garden of Eden with power, authority, and dominion. We should look like it, act like it, talk like it, and it should not be as quiet in here right now as it is. We ought to act like and talk like. And this is what a lot of your minds will do. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Get over it. Go through it. We have the victory. So let's all say it. I have the victory. And the Holy Spirit will cause you to live and, and operate in the Word of God. And you hear me say this scripture quite a bit, but it's in 1 Corinthians 15. We aren't looking for the victory. We have the victory. And the Word of God says that we give thanks to God for the victory that we have and that you and I are, because of Jesus, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We know our labor is not in vain. That means we don't have down days. We are up all the time. We have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our life, so we know who we are, where we are, and what we're doing, and we are not going to be down there upset, concerned about all sorts of stuff, and letting our mind wander. So turn to your neighbor and say, get your hopes up, because hope will never disappoint. So we are going from glory to glory. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is how important the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and how important it is that we understand and never let go of one of the most powerful gifts next to receiving Jesus we ever received. Sue shared uh, uh, not too long ago when we had seven on seven, uh, a brief word, you know, you only have seven minutes, so I don't know how you got it in there, but you did a great job. All of them did. But, but talking about how important it is to pray in other tongues, to pray in the Spirit. And, and, and we're going to talk about that tonight because if you don't understand the gift that you have and you never open it to use it the way we're supposed to, it can just sit there and sit there and sit there. And so we're going to talk about that tonight because it will change your life. It changed my life when I understood what the baptism of the Holy Spirit really was in my life because I didn't even think I wanted it when I first heard about it. Thank God, God never listened to me in that arena. Now, we're going to make our confession, okay, because you are here on purpose tonight. Tell your neighbor, you are here on purpose tonight. So let's go. Here it is. I am here on purpose. 
because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen to that? Keep it going. Go ahead. You can be the cheerleader. Let's all give the Lord a hand for that. See, a church ought to be an exciting place. Now, we have an oldie bit of goodie that we're going to put up here too because the Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Okay, here we go. I want to share with you out of the Word of God the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, certainly how it changed my life, but how it's changed all of your lives if you have received it. Now, I, I, there are three types of people here tonight. We're going to find out which one is here. <clears throat> Number one, you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You pray in tongues all the time. You pray in your heavenly prayer language. You're driving down the street. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. You're going to bed at night. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You get up in the morning. You start praying and singing in the Holy Ghost. You are on your way to tremendous success. Then there's the second group. You have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know what I was just talking about. You used to do all that. You used to pray in the Spirit all the time. You used to sing in the Holy Spirit. You used to do all of that, and you remember how great it used to be. Got quiet in here. Maybe that, maybe that was a bunch I'm just talking to. And then you have a third group. A third group, they've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it is yet. They don't understand it. They may not even want it. Just describe me when I first got saved. I got saved at the First Assembly of God, Charles Hackett's office. I saw some of those people out there in the first few services I went to. They had their hands lifted. That was weird. I thought, these people are weird. I heard every once in a while this strange language coming out of some of them. This is really weird. It is getting weirder. But I knew they had something that I really liked that I didn't have, even though I thought they were pretty weird people. But then I realized how important it was when I understood how important and how powerful the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. I didn't think I liked it. As a matter of fact, I had people tell me, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I don't, I don't need that. And, and, and I said to myself, I don't, I don't need that. I don't understand. Usually when you say you don't need something God has for you, it's because you don't understand it. And you just kind of want to shy away from it. But folks, this is the way God set it up. Jesus would come. And he would absolutely set the world free through his blood, through his life. And then he would go to be with the Father, and it would be a tag team. He'd send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would come down here and live within us. And the same power that was in Jesus on this earth when he walked would be in us. And we would be led by that same power that Jesus was. Jesus said, I do nothing but what I see the Father do. I only do the will of the Father. He was down here on an assignment from God, and that is exactly what has happened to each and every one of us. And I'm going to show you the scriptures in just a moment. So you are on an assignment from God. You are pursuing your assignment or you're away from it and you don't know what it is. But there is an assignment for your life 
orchestrated by Almighty God. And you might say, you don't understand what I did. Nothing you've done has changed your assignment from God. Tell your neighbor, nothing you've done has changed your assignment. Not a single thing. And I'll tell you along the way what God will do. He'll, he'll, he'll make Romans 8.28 uh, uh, real to you. Romans 8.28 says he'll use all things for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I never in a million years would have thought God could have ever used me because I knew all of the things that I did. Nobody knew them better than God, but I knew them too. And I never thought God could use me. God can use anybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can even use you. God can use you. Now, we're going to talk about it tonight because this message sometimes is overlooked by a lot of people. How many of you realize you're, you can get distracted very easily? Your mind can get so distracted by work, by technology, and all those kind of things going on. But I want to give you a few scriptures here, and then we'll get right into it because we, we need to be focused like never before. It's time to step up. It really is time to step up. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, 6 says that you and I are not to lean to our own understanding, but in all of your ways we acknowledge God and that we trust, our trust is in the Lord and that He will direct our steps. God, by His Holy Spirit, wants to direct your steps and my steps. You've heard me say this many times in this church, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that present your body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, and that we don't be conformed to this world. Everybody say, we're not conformed to this world. If your mind is not renewed, I can almost guarantee you, you are conformed to the world, and you don't even know it. We have a lot of people in the body of Christ today, they're conformed to the world. You can't tell the world any different than them. Even though they go to church, because their mind is not renewed, they're just going the same way the world is going. It's because they've conformed to the world and not focused on the leading of the Holy Spirit. You'll be conformed, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The fastest way to renew your mind is to pray in the Holy Spirit. Certainly to meditate the Word like God, was told, like God told Joshua. Meditate the Word of God day and night. But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you are praying in the realm of the Spirit, and you are plugged into that word, and your mind is going to be renewed quickly. Your mind was going to be stayed and, and, and focused on the things of God because even though you don't know what you're praying, you are praying the will of God. And I'm going to show you that scripturally in just a few moments. So when you do that and you plug into that, you plug into the power of God. Everybody say, I need all the power I, need all the power. I can get. Now, the importance of the day of Pentecost, we're not going to study that today, Acts chapter 2, but on the day of Pentecost, when they were gathered in the upper room, it was Joel, 28, uh, Joel 2.28 that came into play when the power of the Holy Spirit came into that place. Jesus had already told them what was going to happen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came, a mighty Russian wind came, and they all began to speak with other tongues. If you do a word study on tongues, what it means is another language, glossalia, a powerful prayer language of the Spirit of the Lord. It's not something weird like a tongue or whatever it's that, although the life and death is in the power of the tongue. It meant a heavenly prayer language began to be birthed. God told them that was going to happen. Now, the people around them that didn't have it thought they were weird. Let me see the hands of all the people 
you're here, you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you do pray in a heavenly prayer language. Let me see your hands. Okay, not everybody, but almost all of you. Now, how many of you think that raised your hands, how many of you fit into category number two, you used to do it a lot more than you do today? Can I see your hands? Okay, thank you for that honesty of all those hands. Because what happens is we can have a discipline in our life that, boy, I have discipline in this area of my life. Well, let me, this is the better example. How many of you know you should exercise more than you do? Can I see your hands? Okay. See, you know better, don't you? But your hand's raised anyway. Everybody say, I need to be more disciplined in that area. It's easy to let go of something that you know to do unless it's a discipline. If it's a discipline and you make yourself do it, then you continually do it. Praying in the Holy Spirit is the easiest thing in the world to do. It's easier than exercise. <laughs> it's easier than going to the gym. But you can pray in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit whenever you want. Your mind is constantly searching for something to think about. It's like that Doppler radar system. It's just always looking for something to focus on. And God has given something to focus on in the Word. When Pam and I first got uh, got married, and, I, and it was new to me, and and we, we'd gone to Oral Roberts University to get married on the campus there. And, and praying in the Spirit was really new to me, but I was praying in the Spirit all the time. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really have the teaching on it and, and didn't know what I'm going to show you tonight about what we need to do and, and praying with interpretation and understanding and all those kind of things. All I was trying to do was pray in the Holy Spirit. And so Pam and I went out there because we had an opportunity to go to prayer Partners Conference on the campus of Oral Roberts University, and uh, and I, I was just so excited to be there. And we stayed in a in a, a dormitory setting, and so we're in the hallway waiting to check into our room, and and I'm there and just again young and Pam had been in with the Lord a long time, but I hadn't, and I'm just sitting there as a boy in a wheelchair, and uh, and I'm just praying the Spirit and I'm looking at him and boy my heart's just going out to him and said God heal him, God just heal him. And this boy jumps up out of that wheelchair and starts running down the hallway. I am looking, I just said, God, I am amazed. I am amazed. And then I realized he was playing in the wheelchair. He, 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 he wasn't in the wheelchair. He was, he was playing in the wheelchair. I was so excited about my first miracle out of the chute. And then I realized that, well, my heart was right, but it really wasn't what I thought it was. I since learned that there's a little bit more to it than that, but I was excited that it happened. But one of my heroes has always been, and still is, Oral Roberts. Uh, he's like a mentor to me. I never met, well, that's not true. I've got to shake his hand one time. But, but I mean, he was like a mentor to me, uh, what he accomplished in this world. I believe that in, in, in the system of the world with the Lord, he probably goes down at one of the all-time people with God that has influenced the entire world and still is through Oral Roberts University. The people that Oral Roberts University is turning out into every man's world. Uh, I don't know how many of you ever followed Michelle Bachman, a senator from, I think it was senator from Minnesota or somewhere, and she's not done in the political arena, but she's an Oral Roberts University graduate. There are Oral Roberts University graduates all over the world a vision that came to one man who stuttered and was dying of tuberculosis and God rescued 
and told him and showed him how to receive and how to operate in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Now, he had a plan for oral. He has a plan for you. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's got a plan for you. Let's all make this confession. I can do whatever God says I can do. So what is the key that you and I need to understand? <laughs> what is God saying? Ask your neighbor, what's God saying to you? Now, I want us to look in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to cover a couple of scriptures here, and then we're going to get into the meat of the message on playing the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, uh, here we go. I walk in the Spirit, well, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you not... You don't do the things that you wish to do. Can I see the hands of all the people that sometimes you do things you shouldn't do? I'm not even looking. Okay, now we're going to look at verse number 24, same chapter. And those who are Christ, hopefully that's all of you, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You know and I know your flesh has wrong passions and wrong desires. If we live in the realm of the Spirit, then let us also walk in the realm of the Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about Paul today, but I want to give you just a couple of examples of people that, that have really, really lived this message and accomplished so much, and they give so much of the, of, of the, the, the victory in their lives to what the Holy Spirit did. You know, when you look at the Apostle Paul, he was one of the least likely candidates that would ever been chosen uh, to serve God. He was a bad news guy. He killed people. He beat, beat people. Uh, he was a Sadducee. Sadducee or Pharisee? I think he was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee, and he understood the Old Covenant, and boy, anybody that didn't live in the Old Covenant, he was ready to kill them and beat them and break up their families and do all sorts of stuff in their life. But, but God selected him, and he ends up writing two-thirds of the Bible. And he talks and tells so much to us about the leading of the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, when Pam and I went to uh, uh, Tulsa and we lived out there, Pam worked at Oral Roberts University at one time. But if you look at that school, Oral Roberts University, it looks like something still futuristic. How many of you have ever been out there? It, it still looks like something futuristic out there, and they're still building and, and still growing and reaching every man's world with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he was told to do. But when Orr Roberts was rescued off of his deathbed of tuberculosis, and you see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm shortening the story of his life because it would take forever to tell it, but God showed him that he would build a university. And he went to the people that he, uh, where the land was that, he, that, that he, he felt the Lord told him would be the land that, they, that he would buy from them. And they said, we'll never sell this land to you. How many of you have ever been rejected on something you tried to do for the Lord? Folks, I'll tell you what. Pam was told one time, you wanted to be a counselor, didn't you? And you went to Purdue and talked to a man. He said, no, it'd take too long. It would never work for you or something like that. And there's nobody that's a better counselor than my wife. Glory to God. She even counsels me sometimes. Can you believe that? And, and, but but, but it got, no, man can't stop God's plan for your life. No way. And, but, but Oral said, no, he never buy that land. And, and, he, and so he had, he had had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
He prayed in spirit. He prayed in tongues. He prayed with the understanding. He knew, he knew how all that flowed. And, and some of the books that I read that he has influenced my life and God has said, I want you to go back and start rereading some of those books that, that you read of Oro's life. And, and how he do that? But he knew he had heard from God. Everybody say, I know. I hear it from God. So it wasn't a question of what they said. It was a question of what he heard. But yet we can doubt ourselves sometimes if we think we heard something and they say, no, it's not going to happen. But he just let it go and he moved on with his life. A lot of Christians, once they hear something from the Holy Spirit, they start to move out. They're told no and they stop. They were ready to shut it down and go a different direction. No, you may not have the timing and you're going to be walking by faith. But what God told you, if God told you, he's not changing his mind. Everybody say, God does not change his mind. So he just stood and stood and believed for it, and he used to walk the land. And then finally, he got a call one day from the attorneys, the people that owned the land. And they said, they've changed their mind. They want to sell. They sold it to them at a lower price than they were going to sell it to them before. It was a better deal for abundant life, I think it was called at that time, and he bought the land. Now he owns the land, but he doesn't know how to build a university. And he prayed out to God, and he said, God, I don't know how to build a university. I, and I'm not educated in that area. I don't know how to do what you've shown me to do. And the Lord said, I do. I'll show you how. And he began to walk the land, and he began to pray in the heavenly prayer language, and he began to see buildings here and buildings there and things here and he began to make little sketches and he began to give it to people and all of that was birthed by the Holy Spirit. Eric say, Eric say by the Holy Spirit. By one man yielding to it and the world is still being influenced today by one man who prayed in his heavenly prayer language and prayed in his interpretation. Saw in his heavenly prayer language, saw the vision in the interpretation. I think it's interesting, Bill, that uh, Pastor uh, uh, Billy Joe Doherty, uh, another one of my mentors, one of my heroes in heaven right now, but how his life so correlates with Oral's. Driving down a street called Lewis Avenue one day, praying in the Holy Ghost, looked over, saw a field. There's a field of, was it walnuts, honey? I don't remember. I think it was all walnut grove. And he looked at it. And he, th and he saw Victory Christian Center. He saw it in the realm of the Spirit, and he, and he didn't know who owned the land. And so he went back, and he had somebody call and find out who owned the land, found out Oral Roberts University, O-R-E-A, Oral, Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association, owned the land. He didn't even know it. He said, wow, that's really something. Because, you know, I'm an Oral Roberts University graduate. Called up Oral Roberts. Now, how many of you think that this would be a no that would be a no, that would be a no. I would. He talked to Oral Roberts himself, and he said, I want to buy the property across the street from the university. Oral said, I will never sell that property. We will never sell that property. I don't know what Billy Joe thought when he heard that word, but if I heard that word from Oral Roberts University, I would say, God, the issue is settled, because he said no, and I know he's a man who hears from God. Pastor Doherty, he stayed with it. And through a series of events that we don't have time to share now, Oral Roberts himself ended up calling Billy Joe and said, we've had a change. We've had a change. And we're open to sell you the property. And the vision that Billy Joe had is now actually flowing out of that universe, out of that property, and reaching around the world. How did it happen? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Every single one of you 
have the ability to pray continually in the Holy Spirit. You will not be depressed ever if you pray in the Holy Spirit. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, you stir up the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody that does not have... Now, are you ready for this? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready for this? Turn to your neighbor and just tell him, I just love this guy. If you're depressed, and if you're sad, and if you're down, it's because you are not praying in the Holy Ghost. And you are not stirring up the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the patience, the kindness. The problem is not what all of the things are that are going around you. It's how you are processing everything that's going on around you. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, I've never, heard, I've never seen anybody, maybe you're the first, I've never seen anybody praying in the Holy Spirit like, Oh, no, no, no. It's a whole lot of fun. You start praying in that Holy Ghost. Oh, matter of fact, everybody that's praying in the Holy Ghost, let's start praying right now. Now, if you're here and you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, you can right now if you know Jesus. Now, let's stop for just a minute. Don't be concerned about how somebody else's prayer language sounds. Don't try to imitate somebody else. You have your own. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are unique. Now turn back and say, I can really see that. But let me just give you a couple things before we really get into the meat here. And that is that uh, Pastor Billy Joe, Oral Roberts, Till Osborne, some of you may not know, but he impacted the world uh, years ago before modern technology, probably ministered to more people at that time than anybody on the face of the earth. Kenneth Hagin, Rabel Bible Training Center, attributes it to the Holy Spirit, to praying in the Holy Ghost, praying with his understanding, has impacted the entire world. My wife, truly, is one of the biggest influences in my life when we first got made, married, because she would tell me, she said, honey, because I didn't know what to do with my life. She said, honey, just pray in the Holy Spirit and just go somewhere and get your notebook and pray in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I said, okay. So I, I went down to the uh, Wabash River. And I started praying the Holy Spirit. And, I, and, I, and, she, and she told me. She's the first person who really told me this. She said, just, just write down whatever you hear. Just don't try to read it. Just write it down. So I'd pray in the Holy Spirit, and I'd write it down, and I'd see a few things here. And I'd come home, and then the next day I did the same thing. Right down there at the Wabash River where Sears used to be. And every once in a while I'd drive by there, and I'd just laugh. <laughs> I, I was pretty foolish back in those days. And I write, and finally I come home the second day, and I said, this stuff doesn't, I think I said, this crap doesn't work. Uh, because what I heard God say didn't happen. You know, it's like I expected, uh, like going through McDonald's. You, you, I want a hamburger, you get a hamburger. You know, you don't wait three or four days. And uh, so I'm waiting for this instant service from God, and it came. It never came, and so I, my, my two-day prayer journal, the first one I ever had, I threw away. Just ripped it up and threw it away. And, and she said, where's your prayer journal? I said, I threw it away. This stuff doesn't work. And <laughs> she laughed at me, really, then. I was serious. I thought it was going to happen overnight. And then I realized that there is a process. Everybody say there's a process. And that if you get in the flow of the process, and the flow of, I remember one day down there, 
Everything seemed to be going wrong. I have $30,000 in debt, new wife, three children, sold a business, didn't know what to do with my life, trying to pray. One moment I felt great, and the next moment I felt like crap. Can I see the hands of all the people you've ever lived your life like that? It's like, <sighs> and then the next day comes. I'll never forget. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but to me it's just hilarious. You know, like, what next? How do you realize sometimes your mentality is what will go wrong next? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my mentality. Yeah. What next? And I'm sitting there drinking a Coke, not paying any attention. And all of a sudden, I took a big swig, and there was a bee that went in my mouth. <laughs> I finally spit it out. He didn't get a chance to swallow. Didn't get, thank God. Uh, didn't get a chance to sting me. And all of a sudden, it was like I started laughing. What next? Now the bee in my coat. It was, like, it was like nothing seems to be working. But I want you to know, you are a moment away from your breakthrough. You're a moment away. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that we glorify God because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, glorify God who is in your body. This was the plan that God had. Jesus was full of the Spirit of God. He was God-made flesh. And he came down here and he did everything because he was in charge. He was under the authority of his heavenly father. I said this earlier. He only did what God showed him. He only did what he'd seen his father do. He only did the will of God. And then he went back and he sent us the Holy Spirit to live within us so that we could do the same thing. Everybody say the same thing. All we need to do is what is God showing us to do. That's why we have a prayer journal. And every once in a while, I see somebody in our church doesn't have a prayer journal. We're going to give an electric shock, and we're going to have in here. And from now on, anybody that doesn't have an electric prayer journal gets an electric shock. And then uh, if that doesn't work, we'll put you in a pan of water and give you an electric shock. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The things of God are spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned. And if you really read this, we don't have time to read all of it, but, second, but, but uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter 2, read the whole thing. It says that we have the mind of Christ and that therefore we can only learn and have the things of God through spiritual discernment. Everybody say this. I have, I have spiritual, spiritual discernment, discernment through the power, through the power of, the of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, if we plug into it, we always have it. It doesn't mean everything's going to go right the way we think it should. It means we have spiritual discernment and know how to handle it. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 8, 1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, but those who walk according to the flesh, uh, according to the Spirit. I said that all wrong, but it's up there somewhere. And there it is, but uh, uh, let me say it right. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those people who feel condemned and bad about themselves, they're the problem. Thank you for that overwhelming amen. Turn, him, turn your ear and say, you're probably the problem. Oh, but I feel condemned all the time. It's because you're in the flesh, dummy. Get out of the flesh, get into the realm of the spirit. Well, I always feel bad about this. It's because you're always in the flesh. You live in the flesh, you're going to walk with the world, you're going to have the flesh always telling you what to think in your mind. Your mind's always going to be screwed up. Your body's always going to be doing the wrong thing. Why? Because you are doing the wrong thing and not yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's all say, I can do this. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, Set your mind on the things of the Spirit and not the things of the flesh. So we understand, okay, I have instructions. Now, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to do exactly what Oral Roberts did. I'm going to exactly do what uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin did. I'm going to do what Pastor Billy Joe did. I'm going to do what other people are going before me. I'm going to begin to communicate with God in my heavenly prayer language. Everybody say, that's me. Now, I want to give you five things that will happen when you start to pray in the Holy Spirit. Number one, you communicate directly with God. Sue made reference to some of these on the 7 on 7. Pam made reference to some of these the other night when she was preaching. Uh, but you communicate with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 2, For he who speaks in a heavenly prayer language doesn't speak to men, but speaks to God for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks forth mysteries. So now, I want just leave that up there for just a moment, because that's number one. Oral Robert shared this, and it's so powerful, and I've heard other people say this too. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, it is as if your mind expands to receive input from God, and that you bypass your thought patterns. You don't, you don't think and think, well, what about this, or what about that? You're just praying in the Holy Ghost, and you're communicating directly with God. So therefore, how many of you realize you have a busy mind if you're not praying in the Holy Spirit? Your mind is thinking, whoa, 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 all these kind of thoughts. I'm around some people and say, like, oh, glory to God. I don't know how they live in that kind of mind. That's because... You're entertaining all kinds of things of the world. You're trying to solve all the problems of the world. You're trying to fix everybody. And all you really need to do is sit down and say, God, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost, and I want to hear from you. So let's all say, I can do number one. Number two, why do we pray in the Holy Spirit? Because you edify yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. I had somebody share this many years ago, 10, 15 years ago. They came to me after I shared a similar message like this, and they said, I think it's selfish to just pray in the Holy Spirit and edify yourself. And I thought for a minute, and I said, okay. He, and he was serious. I said, do you think it's possible to edify others the way they need to be edified if you're not edified? It's like a new thought to him. Well, I don't know, probably not. And I said, doesn't it make sense that God would want to edify us so that out of that edification, we could let it flow to lift up and encourage and exhort others. So everybody say, I need to be edified. I need to be edified. And that edification does not, the most important thing, it does not have to come from other people. A lot of people are looking for other people to edify them. Now, I hope this doesn't sound prideful. I hope it doesn't. I don't need anybody to edify me. Because I can edify myself with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me put a comma. But I do enjoy being edified. <laughs> so turn to your neighbor and say, he enjoys being edified. But I'm never going to have my source of edification coming from an individual. My source is from God. And they can complement that source but my source is God. You edify yourself through God by praying in the Holy Spirit. So let's all say, I edify myself, I edify myself. by praying in the Holy Spirit. Number three, 
You pray with your understanding and you sing with your understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Every time you see that word tongue, it's talking about heavenly prayer language. That's the meaning. For if I pray in my heavenly prayer language, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Therefore, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. You know, one of my favorite times in the day is at night when I get in the shower. And I have all these melodies of the old 50 songs. They're just ingrained within me. And I love to sing in the spirit those melodies and then just let the words flow out in there. I am so energized and so excited when I get in that shower for two reasons. Number one, it's just me and God. Warm water. Water bill's always high. <laughs> Glory to God. My, my brother-in-law was with us recently from South Africa, and they're, they're on water rationing. And, and I knew he couldn't understand how I take so long in the shower. And it's like, I don't live in South Africa. I live in America. <laughs> and I'm going to take as long a shower as I want. There are two things, that long, warm shower and the reverberation. Oh, the reverberation in the shower really enhances your voice. <laughs> but, 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 but see, once you start to do that, you start to pray in the Spirit. See, if it's not a habit, it'll come and go with you. And that's what's happened to a lot of people. They've lost their joy. I believe, and this is my interpretation, I believe when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we stir up the fruit of the Spirit, and it comes out, and it comes out. And I believe, and my interpretation is in 1 Timothy, uh, is it 7? No, first, when, when Timothy said to Paul, I mean, uh, Timothy, uh, Paul said to Timothy. Yeah, what was that scripture? 2 Timothy yeah, 2 Timothy 1.7. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift that was in you through the laying on of my hands because you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given power, love, and a sound mind. I believe Timothy was struggling. And I believe Timothy had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe he prayed with tongues when Paul prayed for him. And I believe that Holy Spirit was evident in his life. And then something happened to Timothy. How many of you have ever been around a Christian where, whoo, something's happened to him. Something's not right. Well, so-and-so happened, or so-and-so happened. Well, that happens to all of us. How could that knock them down and out? Because they stop, start, stop praying in the Holy Spirit. And I believe what Paul was saying to Timothy is, Timothy, serve up that gift, man. Start praying again in the Holy Spirit. You've got power, love, and a sound mind, and something's wrong with you, boy. I can see in your countenance it's not right. And you start praying again, it's like a generator. It starts to really rev you up again. Let's all say, I can do it. So then... In my prayer journal, I mean the most important thing to me. I, I hope this comes out right. I can replace my Bible. If I lost, I don't want to. I don't want to lose my Bible. I got notes everywhere in this Bible. I don't ever want to lose this Bible. I got notes everywhere in there. I would think, God, no, please, don't ever want to lose my Bible. But if I lost my Bible, I'd replace it. I'd get me another one. I'd start all over again. I pray I never lose my prayer journals. Got them all the way, 1980. Praying in the Holy Ghost, writing down. Praying in the Holy Ghost, writing down. Praying in the Holy Oh, God, I, I don't know if I believe that one or not, God, but it sure sounds good. Oh, I, but, I mean, that's how we've lived our life. 
praying in the Holy Spirit, praying with their understanding. Singing in the Holy Spirit, singing with their understanding. And then you, you start to look at this, and it's like the Word of God. Man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You can't just open your Bible and cherry-pick a word to try to do something you want to do. You are an assignment from God, and the assignment is what He wants you to do, not what you want Him to do, even though He does said, ask me and I'll do it for you. He's talking about His will. He's talking about come to me and ask me, and you ask anything in accordance with my will, I will do it. And so therefore, we're living out of a prayer journal. Oh, hallelujah. You, I've, I've got, well, anyway, I don't want to get in that. We're running out of time. Okay, so back to praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude chapter 20, it builds you up in your most holy faith. How many of you have your faith that needs to be constantly built up? We know it comes by living and living by the Word of God and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But it builds us up in our most holy faith, Jude chapter 20. So it's something that is powerful for us. Romans 8, 26 and 27, <clears throat> number 5, praying the will of God. How important is it to be praying the will of God? Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what we should pray for, but as the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And look at verse number 7. He searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit is, and He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here is the will of God for Bill Mickler. Here is the will of God that God is showing me. I'm so excited. I don't know how to do it. Oral Roberts didn't know how to build a university. Oral Roberts didn't know how to reach the world. But he was told by God when he prayed in the Holy Spirit and when he prayed with his understanding, your, your people will outlive you and they will go into the entire world and they will bring the light of the Holy Spirit where my spirit is dim. And that is exactly what has happened. So how about your world? You know, what is your world saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Folks, our best days are truly ahead of us Amen. if we know where we're going, if we're being led by the Holy Spirit, if. There are a lot of people today that are looking at the world, and, and I hope this comes out right also. I am praying for this election that's coming up. I know who I'm going to vote for. Uh, no question. If the person that I'm going to vote for doesn't get elected, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Uh, it's not going to be based on an individual, but I do think God wants us to weigh in in the election, and I believe he wants us to vote for whatever candidate is going to get rid of abortion. I think he's going to want us to vote for every candidate that's going to stand for the sanctity of marriage. I think for every candidate that who's ever going to run for, for what sexual orientation really means based on the Word of God, I think that's who we ought to vote for because you should vote for the Bible. Everybody say, I should vote, I should vote. the Bible. What does the Word of God say? And you should vote what the Holy Spirit shows you to do. But when you get into this vein and, and you start saying, okay, now I got up this morning. It's not time for my mind to think. It's time for my mind to pray. It's time for me to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's time for me to sing in the Holy Spirit. It's time for me to pray in the Holy Spirit driving down the road. It's time for me to sing in the Holy Spirit. It's time for me to stir up the gift that's inside me. It's time for me to hear what God is saying. I got to pull over at the side of the road and write because God is showing me. He's giving me the interpretation of what I just prayed. Oh, good. God, I don't know how to do this, and I'm not going to stop to try to figure it out because I can't figure this out. But I'll tell you what, I can write, I can write, I can write, I can write. I want to tell you, 
that when, uh, when we started our work with the, uh, uh, um, with the Dreamland Children's Home in South Africa, sitting there at my desk, praying over every request from missionaries that came in. I still do it to this day. Praying the Holy Spirit, sometimes $5, $10, $100, whatever. Praying over every request that comes in. God, what do you have for us to do? And on that particular one, it was in my hand. I still remember looking at it and just praying in the Holy Ghost. I want you to come alongside and help them build their orphanage. That's all I heard. $12,000. We didn't have it. You don't need money to do what God's called you to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, never, never think about money. And the rest is all history uh, in that vein. When, when we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, praying in the Holy Spirit, uh, God, what is your will? Go to Tulsa. You'll find a meaning for your life. And, and, and. God leads us by steps. And God shows us. I was praying today, uh, uh, late this afternoon. I had a prayer request uh, on my desk. It was about an individual that had just gotten through something really serious. And uh, he was telling about how he was led to our church. <clears throat> and uh, I'm being totally evasive, trying not to give you too much information. And as I read it, I thought, wow, we've got about three or four recently, maybe five like this. And Wow, it's really taken a lot to really take care of them. And uh, I was just praying the Holy Ghost. Just, that was my carnal mind, or not carnal, but my natural mind thing. And, and instantly I heard, I'll send them to you if you'll take care of them. I'll send them to you if you'll take care of them. I think it was God assuring me, I'm going to send you more. Yeah. Don't be looking at it and say, wow, there's another one. It's like, I'm going to send you more. I'll send them. And then I heard this in my spirit too because it had to do with finances over what I was thinking. I said, and, and the Lord said this so clear to me. It's never about money. Everybody say, it's never about money. It's not, it's not that we have a budget and a benevolence account. The heck with the budget. I wouldn't normally have said it that way, but, you know, the heck with the budget. Maybe center. I was in a meeting one time. Uh, hopefully close real quickly here. I was in a meeting one time with the staff at Victory and a pastor praying about moving the service out of the Maybe Center up to Christ Chapel. And uh, uh, this is for some of you that pray in the Holy Ghost and, and that you're concerned about what people will think. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't ever be concerned about what people will think. And their Pastor Doherty was there and the, and the rest of the staff, and, and we had to move into Christ Chapel away from the Maybe Center, which is a big place. Christ Chapel's up in a hill. It's inconvenient. Every time we had to move out of the service and go up there, uh, the attendance dropped when we announced it. And, and somebody said, why don't we just not announce it? We'll have vans there, and we'll transport people up, and we just won't, we just won't make a big deal out of it. When people show up that Sunday, we'll take them up there. Everybody went around the table, and they all said, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do that. Pastor Doherty hadn't said a word. He was just sitting there listening, and we got all finished. Now, as, as, as that was happening, this is what I heard in my spirit. You can pray in your spirit, not out loud. Yeah. You all know that? You pray in your spirit. And, and, and I was just praying in the spirit. And I knew what I heard, but I wasn't about to say it uh, unless God opened the door for me because I just didn't feel like the unity was going a different direction of all of the people there that I respected. And finally, I got all the way around to Pastor Doherty. I knew what I heard. Everybody say, I know what I hear. Tell your neighbor, you know what you hear. 
And, and so it got all the way around to me, or, or didn't get around to me. Uh, I, I didn't say a word. And, and so the pastor was there and said, well, Bill, you haven't said anything. And I said, well, whatever everybody thinks. He said, no, I want to know what you think. I said, well, <laughs> I believe that this is based on fear, fear of the numbers going down and that we don't do anything based on fear. Pastor was fine with that. All the other people who wanted to do it, those used to be my friends. <laughs> they, they weren't happy with me at all. After the meeting, the pastor came up to me walking down the hallway and said, I appreciate you sharing what you shared. I appreciate the boldness. Holy Spirit will make you bold. Amen. Holy Spirit will say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. This is what God told me, and this is what I'm going to do. Uh, in the shower, praying in the Holy Spirit up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I quit my assignment from God as a Victory Bible Institute student to go to work at McDonald's. Dumbest thing in the world. I love McDonald's. Dumbest thing in the world I could do. Uh, in the shower, praying in the Spirit one time, and this is what I heard boldly. Let's all stand. If you don't go back to VBI now, you will miss my plan for your life. I come out of that shower. It's in the book if you have it. I come out of that shower and I thought, oh, man, now I've missed God. He showed me. He's rebuked me for missing him. Now I've got to go tell my wife I miss God. Now I've messed up our plan. Now we've got to go back and make up stuff that I've already messed up. How many of you have been there done that? You've done something like that. No, doesn't matter how many times you mess it up, God will clean it up if you will do what he's called you to do. Came out and told my wife, she said, honey, I, I heard the same thing. Oh, I was so relieved. Glory to God. Uh, <clears throat> it's never too late to do the right thing. I want to pray for all of you to stir up the gift. We're going to do it in just a moment. But I especially want to pray for those that if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to make that decision right now. How many of you are here and you would say, I've either never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior or I am a prodigal child. I know I have drifted away from God. If that's you, don't let another moment go by. Would you lift your hand and just say, my life is not right with the Lord. Anybody at all before we pray. Anybody at all. I see your hand right here. We're going to take a minute right now. Anybody else? Yes, come on down here, sweetheart. You say, my life isn't right. See, God knows whether or not your life is right with him. Give her a hand as she comes. Anybody else at all? Anybody else? Now, it looked like earlier, I'm glad you're here. I, it looked like earlier that almost everybody lifted their hands when I said, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? But I don't want to miss anybody because don't leave here if you have not ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in tongues. We have a booklet we're going to give you also. But, but how many of you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You have never prayed with tongues. Okay, now I want, to, I, want, I want you to receive it tonight. And if you'll come down here, God will do it. Give them a hand as they come. It looks like two or three. It looks like somebody right over here. Believers, be, uh, come behind them right now. And we're going to begin to pray for you. Come on down here, sweetheart. And we're going to pray for you that in Jesus' name, tonight is your night. We are glad that you're with us. Now, let's, let's all pray this prayer right now. Come on down here. Let's pray this prayer. I'm glad you're here. God has a very special plan for your life. I know. It's been difficult, but tonight we are setting free. Come, honey, come on down here with this lady. Uh, she, God is doing the work in her life. Stretch your hands out here, and let's all pray this. We're going to pray this right now together, okay? Jesus... I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you've died for my sins. 
I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Now, I'm going to pray for each and every one of you, and I'm going to ask you to open your mouth and begin to pray along with all of us and that God is going to anoint you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. There are going to be believers that come down here and are standing behind you and with you, laying hands on you also, and that in Jesus' name, this is the night that you will release your heavenly prayer language. Now, I want all of you at this altar to say this. Lord, I desire to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I believe with all of my heart it is a gift from you that will empower me to be all you've called me to be. And I receive it now by faith. Stretch your hands out. Let's all in the congregation begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. But as all of you get ready to leave, I want to pray for you. We have a booklet. If you'd like to have one, Sandy has them down here at the altar. What? Why tongues? What is the importance of a heavenly prayer language? More in depth as to what it really means from God's perspective and from your perspective. Make sure you're stirring up this gift on a regular basis. You can pray in tongues anywhere, any place, out loud, to yourself. It will change your life. How many of you are open to increase your heavenly prayer language? Father, you see every hand. I pray, Father, for the anointing upon them. I pray for the leading of your Holy Spirit, that they will stir up that gift. And that every time they hit something in front of them, something they, they hadn't planned on, but it's like, oh no, not another thing, they will immediately go into the realm of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying with their understanding, and that you will give us the wisdom, the knowledge, the direction, the leading by your Spirit, and that we are steadfast, immovable, always abounding in your work, because we know your labor and our labor is not in vain. So before we leave, let's say it. Lord, I thank you for your son Jesus. I am, because of you, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in your work. And Lord, I know my labor is not in vain because of you. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a big shout. Go and be blessed. Everyone at this altar, whether you manifested that language or not, it will come. It will come. It will come.